the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. It's Your Life is sponsored by James J.C. Cooley. Life is a series of circles and cycles, phrases and stages. These are your experiences that teach you the lessons of life. You can either ignore them or embrace them. Welcome to the James Cooley Show. It's Your Life. James is a motivational speaker, author, military veteran, and founder of the J.C. Cooley Foundation. James is here to equip you to strive for greatness and overcome adversity. It's time to get equipped today for the challenges of tomorrow. Now, here's the host of It's Your Life, James Cooley. Hello, welcome to It's Your Life. I'm James Cooley, and wow, guess what it is? It's Hump Day! Hump Day! <laughs> Man, no, I, I, I've been waiting all week to say that, man. I was about to say, I think you look forward to that each and every week. <laughs> it is hump day. And, you know, hump day, I just like I always tell you, we always get our full strength and endurance back on Wednesday so that uh, we can just finish the rest of the week strong. And uh, so that's what we're doing today. You know, it's uh, it, it feels real, real good to be back in the studio. You know? Good to have you, man. Man, this it seemed like forever, man. I think it's been about two, two and a half weeks since. Yeah, I, it's been a while. Oh yeah, you know so, and enjoying California. It's warm, nice. Uh, I, Michelle, I, I'm sorry. I know you're still in Dallas, I, man. I, 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 but, oh, Dallas, it's warm. <laughs> <laughs> but it's not California warm, even because it's the right temperature here, right, Noah? Yeah, we're spoiled here, man. That's why we pay all the high taxes. It's beautiful. <laughs> Well, uh, Michelle and I can do without that, those high taxes. You know, but uh, Noah, man, we got a great show tonight. And uh, Jordan Colbert, been on the show. I think this is his fourth time. This yeah, is, uh, I'm reading. He's been on the show lots of times. Yes, and this uh, he started this uh, three-part series, I think, about two, two months ago. A little bit more than two months ago. And we are on the third portion of the series. And, and tonight we're going to talk about the relationship between equity and mental health and i tell you this guy's gonna break it down he is an expert and uh you know I, listen to audience you want to be part of the conversation please call in at one 344 again that's one 344 1170 you know so uh wow so Noah, what what how i feel to be back did you get, did you get your endurance back um, slowly but surely, man, uh, just had a, a heck of a weekend. We'll, we'll leave it at that. Have some things happening behind the scenes. So a little tired, but that's why having you in studio, being able to see your, your, your face in person, man, this is, this is what it's all about. Man, this is what it's all about, man. And I, I tell you, um, I went to the dentist today. Oh, that's never fun. Man, I was, uh, eating a piece of candy and my teeth, I, it was a filling, a crown. Man, it came out. Oh, no. Oh, man, it came out, and uh, I uh, went to the dentist, and basically they gave me some extremely bad news. They said, okay, this can't be repaired. We, we're going to have to do a tooth implant and oh, no. all of this stuff. And then uh, the guy wrote it all down, right, on how much it's going to cost. Man, I'm, <laughs> man, I'm ready to jump. I, I was getting ready to run in the street, man. <laughs> <laughs> You know, but uh, we're going to deal with that one later. You know, I always got my co-host here, Michelle Cooley, uh, back in Dallas. Uh, how you doing? How you doing? I'm doing fine. I'm just trying to picture you running pat out the dentist's office in the- <laughs> <laughs> after you see the bill. Hey, I'll, you see the bill, you're like, okay, I'm out of here. <laughs> I, I, I almost ran out with that little thing that they have around your neck and, you know, the little cloth that they have in front of you. Mm-hmm. Wasted no time. <laughs> no time. You know, so, uh, and we got Jordan. How you doing, Jordan? I'm doing great, JC. It's uh, it's really good to be on the show again and be back. You know, 
listening to some of those funny stories, uh, just like Michelle, you know, I'm imagining you still with the dental stuff on <laughs> running out. Like, is that a bill or my phone number? Oh, well, you, if you would have saw that bill, I did not know a tooth implant costs like five, six thousand dollars. That's that's a lot, you know, you know, but uh, I'm talking about real dollars. <laughs> not the insurance dollars. I mean, two different types of dollars, man. Yeah, the real dollars is what you got to pay out your pocket. <laughs> yeah, so those are real dollars. You know, got to get a paper out. Oh yeah. You know, one thing, uh, listen, audience, we got going on. We got the legacy contest, and I have not received one single uh, essay. And I tell you. It's 300 words or less, and it's something that you want uh, to be remembered by. And, uh, Noah, can you uh, play that message uh, from uh, Rob, Rob Lucy? Thank you, James. Yes, I'm Rob Lucy, and I'd love to tell you a little bit more about the Legacy Story Contest. This is a contest that you will write. It's a story that you really don't want to disappear. You'd really love your family and your friends and your colleagues know about this story. It could be anything. It could be something from your childhood. It could be about getting married, about falling in love, about um, um, burning down the barn. You didn't mean to do that. Any story that you don't want to disappear, that you'd love to have your descendants learn about hundreds of years from now. So write your story up to 300 words, a story you don't want to disappear, and we'll uh, judge all. We'll read all three, all stories, and we'll come up with a winner. We'll decide on a winner with a great prize. That's the Legacy Story Contest, James, and uh, I'm looking forward to start reading them. You know, James, real quickly, I know that this is not only a great opportunity to win a pretty nice dinner through the show, but also the most important part of this is getting your legacy down on paper so that you can pass this on to future generations. It's so important. And and just like, you no, know, remember last night we had a publisher on. Yep. And he was saying that that is a good way to get ideas on writing a book. He said 300 words. If you put it uh, meticulously in the right order, um, you know, yeah, you might want to get in touch with him. <laughs> he's a great he's my publisher. He's a great publisher. You know, so uh, uh, send all entries to James Cooley, one, four, five at Gmail dot com. The dates are May 25th is the last date to get your submissions in May 28th. If we have uh, enough uh, entries, we're going to identify the final three uh, and June the 4th. Um, we're going to have the final three if they want to, to come on and be part of the J.C. Cooley uh, show. And then they can think about it like this, I imagine. They're going to be able to share that written story and the details of that on air. Absolutely. And not just that, but you get uh, uh, re- you get dinner for two at any restaurant of your choice, as long as it does not exceed 175 So, But I'm excited about getting this show started. Michelle, can you tell our listening audience uh, a little bit about uh, tonight's show? Yes, the purpose of the show is to understand the meaning of mental health, understanding the meaning of social equity and its importance, learn about the differences between equity and equality, understanding the relationship between mental health and equity, and understanding how to create equity through mental wellness. Can you introduce our great guest? Yes, Jordan Colbert. Jordan Colbert is from Mays Landing, a small city with a big wealth disparity outside of Atlantic City, New Jersey. Receiving a B.A. in classical studies from the University of Pennsylvania and a Master's of Marriage and Family Therapy from the University of Southern California, he's a first-generation philosopher with a strong preference for using science to solve modern psychological questions. Jordan currently works as an assistive technology specialist within the disability services and programs at USC. In this position, he provides assistive technology solutions to disability-related learning challenges while also maintaining a caseload of 200-plus students he counsels as a disability specialist. Jordan is credentialed as an assistive 
technology professional with the Rehabilitation Engineering and Assistive Technology Society of North America and a member of the Association on Higher Education and Disability. He previously served as a member of the California Association of Marriage and Family Therapists and interned at the Mindsight Institute, a research lab for interpersonal neurobiology therapeutic mindfulness practices. It is his goal to increase individuality, efficacy, and connection within minority communities and throughout the people of the world. The James Cooley Show, It's Your Life, proudly presents Mr. Jordan Colbert. Welcome to the show, Jordan. How are you doing, my friend? I'm doing very well, JC. Very well. You know, hanging out here, you're talking about California weather. I'm up in the mountains and it's pretty cold here. So, <laughs> you know, California ranges, all of those things. But I'm doing well overall. You're doing, hey man, you started this uh, three-part series uh, a few months back and now we are we on part three and we might have to add a part four, <laughs> you know, so, yeah. but just, just like I, I mentioned, that. just like I mentioned to, uh, the listening audience, the, the title of the show today is the relationship between equity and mental health. And you know what? We're going to take a station break, but when we get back, we're going to delve off into this and really get a understanding because Jordan is going to provide us an understanding of this topic. It's your life. I'm James Cole. There's more stories of greatness to help you overcome adversity coming up on It's Your Life with James Cooley. The J.C. Cooley Foundation is a nonprofit organization that was started in October of 2014. The J.C. Cooley Foundation continues to strive to expand its programs and offerings to the youth, young adults, and citizens of our great communities nationwide and overseas. We hope that you'll be able to take part in one or more of the many exciting events that we're offering this year and experience firsthand the pride we take in supporting our cause. It's our mission to equip the youth of today for the challenges of tomorrow, and we rely heavily on the generosity of individuals and business owners for support. Without the assistance of community-minded individuals just like you, we wouldn't be able to serve our youth each year. We ask that you make a commitment to support our annual appeal by making a cash donation. This year's goal is $50,000. Your generosity will assist us in making a difference in the lives of the youth in our community. You can give online at CooleyFoundation.org. Remember that every donation makes a difference regardless of size. The J.C. Cooley Foundation thanks you in advance for your contribution. Country Boy, City Boy, a journey that ain't over yet. The true life coming of age story by James J.C. Cooley. Using humor, wit, and engaging storytelling, James paints a picture about his arrival in a rural deep south town and realization that life would never be the same. Cooley lays out his struggle to adjust from city life to country life and back again, sharing his hard-earned lessons to educate, encourage, and enlighten our next generation of leaders and heroes. Get your copy of Country Boy, City Boy, a journey that ain't over yet by James J.C. Cooley available on Amazon and everywhere books are sold. Streaming now at TheAnswerSanDiego.com and Odyssey.com. It's time to dream big, think big, and be big. It's time for more It's Your Life. Here's your host, James Cooley. Welcome back to It's Your Life. I'm James Cooley. If you want to be part of this conversation, that's 1-888-344-1170. Again, that's 1-888-344-1170. We got the fabulous Jordan Colbert here. And uh, just like I said, we're talking about um, mental health. Uh, you know, well, the title of the show, The Relationship Between Equity and Mental Health. Jordan, you've been on the show. A few times and um, you know can you tell our listening audience just a little bit about you because I think Michelle went into detail but just a little bit before we delve off into these questions <laughs> and I love these questions yeah sure um, so just as Michelle said I'm uh, from Atlantic City New Jersey which is you know a little less prosperous version of Vegas I view myself as a philosopher uh, first generation philosopher because I am of the first generation to go to college in my family. Uh, and I really love the mind. I love everything about the mind, figuring out, you know, human beings and how the mind goes and just the different aspects of their experience. And it, it really started way back when I was doing, you know, research and as a kid, like, as a kid, many people had mental health issues around me. So it was very interesting. But, you know, I grew up, I did a lot of research. I did some research with depression and sleep deprivation for NASA. Uh, 
you know, as Michelle said, I also do have a master's in marriage and family therapy and interned at the interpersonal uh, neurobiology center called the Mindsight Institute, which really works on like how people interact and what that does to your brain. And, you know, it really, all of these experiences took me to my current role as an assistive technology specialist over at USC. So what I do in that role is really, I find technology that will allow people with disabilities, and that includes psychiatric disabilities, learning disabilities, behavioral disabilities, and I provide them technology that gives them independent access to the world. Uh, and, you know, Aside from that, I also do my own independent technology assessments and accessible reading conversions with my uh, newly launched business, the Assistive Technology and Educational Access Management Professionals, also known as A-Team Professionals. Wow. You know, uh, mental health has gained so much media attention lately. But what exactly is mental health? Uh, That's a real good question. So mental health is a term used to describe the psychological processes that create a person's perspective and functioning. So this includes someone's ability to interact with others, their motivations, the way their senses interpret the environment around them, and their feelings or emotions. It's essentially the same thing as a person's physical health, except it's behind the scenes, it's the psychological processes that they're having. And uh, it's interesting because it, in physical health, you'll think of the ideas of like your muscles and, you know, how your organs work. And people forget, though, that your brain is an organ and a muscle and it needs to be worked out. And that's that's the idea of what mental health itself is. Jordan, is mental health different from mental wellness? Yeah, that. Uh, that is something that is often confused. So mental health is the bigger picture. It's an overall assessment of a person's psychological functioning, while mental illness is the state of having a healthy and non-limiting psychological functioning. So mental wellness is something one works towards by eliminating the untraditional responses. I don't want to say the, the abnormal because normal is just a setting on the washing machine, but it's something that allows them to function in the traditional sense. Whereas mental health is something that everyone has no matter what. Well, so what are the common symptoms of mental illness? Well, that depends on the the mental illness itself, but most of the time it includes marked changes so noticeable changes in someone's perceptions or behaviors over a period, usually two weeks long. And so some of these common symptoms are a change in appetite, a change in ability to concentrate or focus, a lack of perception, such as things like social changes or a change in your social behavior or changes in sleep and mood. And then the one that the movies like to uh, portray and show everybody is things like hallucinations, delusions, and paranoia. Hey, Jordan, producer Noah here in the booth. And overall, what is the prevalence or total population of mental illness in the U.S. and globally at any given time? And I know maybe these numbers are going to be a little bit larger than people would think because, I mean, this is a wide array of issues that someone might be dealing with. Yeah, that's really true. Uh, And that is a really good point. So the, the numbers do vary depending on what organization you ask and also what what time period. So some organizations are taking this global information, but that takes time to compile. So some of this is at 2017 numbers, but in the US, mental illness affects 10% of youth and adolescents, and it also affects 19% of the adult population in the United States. So that's a pretty large number of people uh, across the country. And it's really high. It's in somewhere around the millions, like the, the between one and a hundred million people. So, but then when you look at globally, 11% of the world has mental illness, which comes out to about 770 million people. And of those 770 million people, 
anxiety and depression are the most prevalent, where they both have about 3.7% of the world's mental health issues. That's quite a, a number of people when you're thinking on a global scale. And also, I think I always try and think positive. And I know one thing that uh, the the pandemic has raised awareness of is I think people are a lot more aware of being and uh, having the mental capacity to understand that their mental health is just as important as their physical health and that they need to take care of that as well. And what are your thoughts on this? Maybe why was it ignored before and why is it now being taken into so much more consideration? Yeah. Oh, well, I mean, the pandemic has had significant impacts. A big thing that I think is coming out about this is the awareness so it's more popular now. The views are very much changing. And as more and more people start to experience mental health issues and put a name to it, it's easier for them to, to really come out and say that this is happening to them. Whereas, you know, up until the, the 60s, you want to say people were actually put into institutions because of their mental health. And when you think about that, nobody wants to come forward and say, yeah, I'm struggling because that you might be institutionalized or you might be viewed differently. That's true. We didn't think about that. Yeah. Now, as we're in the pandemic, everybody's isolated. Everybody's struggling and everybody is scared. We're like people have been scared for about a year and a half now. So it's becoming something that people are more likely to talk about because they don't have any other way to put a name to what's happening to them. And they're able to relate to people seeing that other people are going through the exact same things that they are. And that's more comforting. Yes. That's a big thing with the Internet that has helped out there because the Internet has allowed people to share their stories where before you might think, oh, you know, I'm just sad. Nobody else experiences this. It's a me problem. But now on the Internet, you see, actually, there's millions of people that have the same problem. Wow. (laughs) Switching gears a, a bit. Because you and I talked about this. I know you want to talk about social equity. Can you explain what that is? Yeah. So social equity is the understanding that justice and fairness may be equally applied to people, but this does not create equal outcomes due to social barriers that may be present. So while there may be equality across the board, these social barriers do not allow people to have equal experiences or equal access. So then this causes certain people to be at a disadvantage, regardless of equal systems. It's a new model of looking at how to create social advancement for all people, because now we're taking a, when you look at social equity, you take another and a deeper dive into what equal systems really mean. What are the uh, core values of social equity? Um, So, Again, this is another thing that will vary depending on what source you want to ask. But for the most part, it's justice, fairness, and then understanding various levels of support to enable success. So each one of these have been manipulated by the concept of equality. And through social equity, we as a people can work to remove those barriers that prevent people from succeeding. And so the justice aspect there is looking at how the, you know, equal legal system that is blind is actually applied. How does that really look and how does that enable rehabilitation? Or we're looking at fairness and opportunity where, you know, somebody may have a disability and they may not ever be able to drive. So how does that limit their access to things? And so, you know, creating various levels of support across the board. Hey, Jordan, equity and equality, how do they both differ from each other? That is a good question. So a good example of trying to to really parse these out is imagine that there are four people of different heights and they're standing in front of a fence trying to see over it. Now, an equal solution would be if everyone got a two-foot box to stand on to see over the fence. However, a two-foot box might not let the smaller people see over the fence, even though they have equal opportunity to do so. But they just their, their circumstances does not allow them. Now, equity would be providing different types of boxes to make sure that everyone could see over the fence and have access to what's on the other side of the fence. 
And if you want to look even further at this, go like uh, looking at the concept of universal design, which is a principle of equity where everything is designed so you don't need accommodations, you don't need supports, it's already built in. An idea of this would be to put a see-through chain link fence in front of them so no one needs to see over the fence in in the first place. Wow. Yeah, man, that that, <laughs> that is incredible how you explain that one. But you know, we gotta take a station break. But we're gonna come back and continue our discussion with Jordan Colbert. It's your life from James Cole. There's more stories of greatness to help you overcome adversity coming up on It's Your Life with James Cooley. The J.C. Cooley Foundation continues to strive to expand its programs and offerings to the youth, young adults, and citizens of our great communities nationwide and overseas. It's our mission to equip the youth of today for the challenges of tomorrow. We ask that you make a commitment to support our annual appeal by making a cash donation. Your generosity will assist us in making a difference in the lives of the youth in our community. You can give online at CooleyFoundation.org. The J.C. Cooley Foundation thanks you in advance for your contribution. Country Boy, City Boy, a journey that ain't over yet. The true life coming of age story by James J.C. Cooley. Using humor, wit, and engaging storytelling, James paints a picture about his arrival in a rural deep south town and realization that life would never be the same. Cooley lays out his struggle to adjust from city life to country life and back again, sharing his hard-earned lessons to educate, encourage, and enlighten our next generation of leaders and heroes. Get your copy of Country Boy, City Boy, a journey that ain't over yet by James J.C. Cooley available on Amazon and everywhere books are sold. The Answer, San Diego, streaming now on iHeart.com and Odyssey.com. It's time to dream big, think big, and be big. It's time for more It's Your Life. Here's your host, James Cooley. Welcome back to It's Your Life. I'm James Cooley. We've got Jordan Colbert here, and I tell you, he's telling us about equity, equality and everything else that dealing with mental health and all these other type of things, just in case you missed when we first came on, we talked about the legacy contest and we need some people to get their entries in and just tell, uh, can, can you play, can you t- let, let Rob tell us uh, what we need to do? Rob says it all. Thank you, James. Yes, I'm Rob Lucy, and I'd love to tell you a little bit more about the legacy story contest. This is a contest that you will write. It's a story that you really don't want to disappear. You'd really love your family and your friends and your colleagues know about this story. It could be anything. It could be something from your childhood. It could be about getting married, about falling in love, about um, um, burning down the barn. You didn't mean to do that. Any story that you don't want to disappear, that you'd love to have your descendants learn about hundreds of years from now. So write your story up to 300 words, a story you don't want to disappear. And we'll uh, judge y'all. We'll read all three, all stories, and we'll come up with a winner. We'll decide on a winner with a great prize. That's the Legacy Story Contest, James, and uh, I'm looking forward to start reading them. All entries should be sent to jamescooley145 at gmail.com. Again, that's jamescooley145 at gmail.com. Remember, uh, May 25th is the deadline for getting your entry in. May 28th, we identify the three finalists. And June 4th, uh, the the winners or the three finalists will have an opportunity to be on the James Cooley Show. It's your life. Okay, we can't hear Michelle. Jordan, why is equity important if equality is already established in the United States? Well, Equality is important when there is a level playing field. And, you know, the U.S. founding fathers really got that right when their first idea was to work towards making sure everyone had an equal opportunity. Uh, because, you know, equity is kind of taking the next step of equality. So as we know, though, population definitely changed. The idea of what they saw as equal across the board changed. And so there was the idea that there are equal opportunities because, you know, technically anyone could get a job anywhere. However, you know, we know through civil rights era and Jim Crow laws that people were not able to get jobs everywhere. And so that's a little bit about where they kind of they overlap is that we know that these 
equal opportunities are not actually an equal application or access to opportunities. And so equity is important because this allows many marginalized and underserved communities to rise up, to get out of that marginalization and to actually succeed over the social barriers that have been created through many different systems. Well, wouldn't equity create more inequalities if everybody is treated the same, Jordan? Um, So that's a common thought, but it's a misconception. So if everyone is assessed on an objective scale and then given support to meet their potential, then the inequality or yeah, the inequalities will diminish. So in that mindset, those who need a bigger box receive a bigger box and those who don't succeed, don't need it. They'll succeed as much as anyone else would without any support, which, you know, may be superior to the, the experience of the person who needs the support. So instead of it actually creating inequalities, what it does is it basically raises the field. So it makes it so it's even for the playing field. So now you could go out there and actually have that equal opportunity. Wow. You know, with uh, with that understanding of equity, could you explain how mental health may impact a person's access to equity? Yeah. So uh, mental health, as I said earlier, is an impact on somebody's ability to perceive or function in their daily lives uh, based off of, you know, their psychological processes. So when you look at some of the impacts of mental health, where people may become isolated, where uh, they may have difficulties with communicating with others or even reaching out for support. So mental health, uh, any mental health issue or mental illness compounds on top of that because then equity is not as easy to achieve. You're not reaching out for the support. You don't explain when things happen to you. You know, you allow circumstances to just happen and you think, well, maybe this is my fault. When in reality, there are ways that things can be different. And because your perceptions are that way, the mental health is impacting your access to equity. Wow. How does that uh, apply to the larger population of U.S.? Yeah, well, Overall, it really changes the viewpoint around people finding support. So many people may look at mental health as an individual problem, but that then compounds because it creates the idea that, you know, your mental health issues are your fault. It's not anyone else's fault that this has happened to you. When in reality, a lot of mental health concerns are developed from a person's interaction with their environment. So this kind of goes back to the question about how the pandemic is impacting people because it's creating a lot more mental health concerns. It's creating a lot more mental health awareness. So now people are seeing it as a larger pot, like as the larger population of the United States sees it, which is this is not just an individual setting. Things happen, and that changes the viewpoint of what mental health does, which then changes a person's access. Hey, Jordan, producer Noah again back in the booth. I know there's probably a, a, a pretty specific connection, but something I've been thinking about as this hour has progressed is how does mental health play a role in creating systemic inequities? Well, the, the fact that mental health is within a healthcare system and also within, it plays out in certain areas of the justice system, there is a lot of systemic impacts based off of the way somebody's mental health may be. So the, like I kind of said about their lack of uh, reaching out or their reticence to find support, the healthcare system may just not even, you know, care about them. Or in many cases, People with mental health concerns may show up at the hospital too frequently. They may not be able to get to the care because, you know, their systems are overloaded. The Department of Mental Health has way more people than they have clinicians that they can see. And so as mental health continues to kind of explode in our system, we see that people in the healthcare system are being left behind. They're not getting the care that they need. 
Um, and then, you know, if you want to move it around to a different system, we look at the justice system, which for a long time has allowed the plea of insanity to be something where people can, you know, rely on their mental health or their mental health challenges to say, this wasn't, I wasn't in my, you know, mindset or state. And in many cases, that the flip side of that is also the idea that people who may have a mental health disorder, such as, you know, autism, that is something, they may perceive the questions or the whole legal process differently. So mental health plays a huge role in creating systemic in, uh, inequities there. So going from creating the things that are already kind of established in your experience, how do the common mental illnesses such as anxiety and depression, and some of us deal with that on a very minimal level, but it is out there. How do they further establish existing inequities? Yeah. So this is big around the idea of what it means to be anxious or depressed. So in the public light, when issues such as anxiety and depression become more commonplace or people start to, to come forward with that and say, you know, this is serious about me. Uh, what it does is there's a lot of pushback. There's a lot of people who will view the idea of anxiety as, you know, you're just being a baby. You're soft. You're, you're a snowflake. That's, that's a common term now. You're like, you can't deal with the environment. And so that's really what's wrong with you. Uh, and that kind of, that right there causes people to say, I'm not going to go get help. I'm not going to find support. Nobody believes me. This is a me problem. There's nothing anybody can help me with. So that's one aspect. And then when you look at depression, you know, people often, they, you know, they pair the same idea of, you know, you're just soft. You're not able to deal with the, the troubles of life or you are lazy. And that's why, you know, you don't want to get out of bed for 16, 18 hours, you just, you're lazy, maybe just get over it. And so when those things ex are out there, people don't want to come out, people don't want to talk, and they don't want to go find su support. So it plays that bigger, that bigger role in pushing the inequities there. Yeah, real quick, Jordan, because I, I was just thinking about this as you were answering. Someone that might be suffering from minor anxiety, maybe it's something new in their lives. When they have that feeling of, well, it must be a me problem. That's when it can actually turn from just anxiety into depression. It's kind of a slippery slope if, if it's not handled in the right way. Yes, it is. And so as I was going through school and doing a lot of my research, I actually started thinking about that, that anxiety is the real initiator of most mental health concerns. I mean, there's, there's a lot of research behind, you know, anxiety as a, a function to keep you alive. And when you start thinking of it, like you said, you know, this is a me problem, it creates that slippery slope, because then you start looking internally about the anxieties that you have from the world, like, oh, maybe I'm the problem. I'm the problem. And that makes me even more nervous. So when you get caught in your head, then the anxiety gets bigger and bigger. And what that's called catastrophizing. So, Jordan, what does that mean for those suffering from um, these common illnesses? You know, especially in minority and impoverished communities, you know, how does that affect them? Yeah. So when people in, in minority and impoverished communities they're suffering from these common illnesses. It, that, that idea of what the, the existing inequities and the views of the country or the public at large, it starts to become self-defeating. Like I said, you start turning in on this and think, oh, well, you know, the world thinks less of me. And so maybe I can think less of myself. And it really devalues the idea of who they are and their likelihood to get success. So, you know, there's already these issues around minority, uh, the perception of minorities in the American culture, and also, you know, the perception of poor people. So when you see this and you hear those type of labels or you hear just negative feedback about that, when you have these mental illnesses, you start that spiral and you start to devalue who you are. Wow. You know, we're going to take a station break, but uh, Jordan, you're putting it down. <laughs> you're putting it down. <laughs> we're going to take a station break, and but we're going to come back and continue our conversation with Jordan Colbert. It's your life. I'm James Colbert. Yeah. 
There's more stories of greatness to help you overcome adversity coming up on It's Your Life with James Cooley. The J.C. Cooley Foundation is a nonprofit organization that was started in October of 2014. The J.C. Cooley Foundation continues to strive to expand its programs and offerings to the youth, young adults, and citizens of our great communities nationwide and overseas. We hope that you'll be able to take part in one or more of the many exciting events that we're offering this year and experience firsthand the pride we take in supporting our cause. It's our mission to equip the youth of today for the challenges of tomorrow, and we rely heavily on the generosity of individuals and business owners for support. Without the assistance of community-minded individuals just like you, we wouldn't be able to serve our youth each year. We ask that you make a commitment to support our annual appeal by making a cash donation. This year's goal is $50,000. Your generosity will assist us in making a difference in the lives of the youth in our community. You can give online at CooleyFoundation.org. Remember that every donation makes a difference regardless of size. The J.C. Cooley Foundation thanks you in advance for your contribution. Country Boy, City Boy, a journey that ain't over yet. The true life coming of age story by James J.C. Cooley. Using humor, wit, and engaging storytelling, James paints a picture about his arrival in a rural deep south town and realization that life would never be the same. Cooley lays out his struggle to adjust from city life to country life and back again, sharing his hard-earned lessons to educate, encourage, and enlighten our next generation of leaders and heroes. Get your copy of Country Boy, City Boy, a journey that ain't over yet by James J.C. Cooley available on Amazon and everywhere books are sold. The Answer, San Diego. Streaming now on TuneIn.com and Odyssey.com. It's time to dream big, think big, and be big. It's time for more It's Your Life. Here's your host, James Cooley. Welcome back to It's Your Life. I'm James Cooley, and we got Jordan Colbert here talking about, wow, I'm telling you, he's really educating us and really putting it down. Talking about the relationship between equity and mental health, and I that's a topic that we all need to have a clear understanding because um, there are major problems right now, especially with all the things that are going on uh, in the United States and in the world. And uh, uh, mental health is a major problem right here. And so Jordan is helping uh, talk us through some of these things so we can get a better understanding. Jordan. If you want to be part of the conversation, that's one eight 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 three four four eleven seventy. Again, that's one eight 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 three four four eleven seventy. Jordan, we talked about mental health, mental wellness, and equity. What is the relationship between all three of these? So, mental health—if you're going to look at it, there, there's a clear relationship between all of these because they really do build upon each other. They're almost like important parts of a, a big triangle. So. The idea of mental health and what it is is important because that then creates the awareness of, you know, the internal perspective that people have. And so then leading from that, you have the mental wellness, which leans on mental health because it's an aspect of living a healthy and functioning psychologically fruitful life. So having mental wellness is important because you have you know, clearer thoughts, you have more clear uh, behaviors, more, uh, you know, normalized behaviors in that way. And so it allows you to just be really free and authentic with yourself and what your needs are. And so then building upon that, all of that leads access to equity, because you're more likely to find these social supports, you're more likely to go out and challenge systems that might be impacting you. You know, you're more likely to try and raise the bar for not just you, but other people in your in your similar experience. So they all really depend on each other and build in each setting. So, Jordan, what do you think the pandemic period has done for either advancing or decreasing equity for those with mental illness? So the pandemic has had a lot of impacts, both positively and negatively. Now, I know a lot of people are going to think, how has anything gotten positive from the coronavirus? But it really is that awareness is a huge thing. Everybody is locked in. So this is raising awareness of mental illness as we see it more and more discussed in the public. Then, But then there's also the idea that because we're all inside and because we're all connected via the Internet, 
it's made it easier to get access to different things. So easier to get access to healthcare. So maybe it's easier to get your medications delivered now instead of you having to go far away for them. You know, that's, that's one aspect of it. But then if you really want to look at the flip side, now the pandemic has isolated many people who don't have access to technology. The impact of not having Wi-Fi or a functioning computer means any of the benefits are not possible for you because you can't access healthcare and you don't want to go to the actual doctor because you may get the coronavirus. Now, vaccines are amazing, so they're out there and they're helping, but it's really had both a positive and negative impact on increasing equity for those with mental illness. Hey, Jordan, the mainstream media, and that's why I love working in radio, we're able to, you know, get out so much information. You know, it's a primary source, not just radio, but TV, you know, various outlets of info for a lot of the people out there. So how does the coverage and portrayals of mental illness impact the availability of equity for other people? So, yes, the mainstream media, it's a great thing, and it's it can be very, very harmful, um, so on the, I love to give both positive and negatives. Nobody likes negative information all the time, but you know, positive side, it, again, it raises awareness the way that they cover it. Some of the stories that they cover, uh, are really, really effective at showing positive role models in the mental health field. So one person that just has really been highlighted during this is, uh, she's a professor over at USC. Her name is Ellen Sachs. And uh, she has her own book about her experiences with schizophrenia. But, you know, that's something that then gets put on the mainstream media. And people now see that as a positive experience because she's succeeding. Now, on the other side, there's movies and things like that that show people acting psychotic or harming other people. And it creates the idea that, yeah, you know, mental illness is the reason why people hurt people or do, you know, terrible things. When in reality, no, people still have free choice. And most people with mental illness are not violent and do not cause crime. Hey, John, you, you mentioned, um, uh, uh... Your, your colleague uh, at USC writing a book, Professor. I mean, I, I think that uh, you talked about uh, writing a book on this topic. Can you uh, uh, discuss uh, uh, what's, what's your thoughts? Yeah, I am a big thinker. So we'll say that. So when I look at something like this, it's it really energizes me. It makes me want to write a book about the experiences because these things need to reach the public. A lot of the problems, a lot of the differences that people see, uh, whether it's, you know, politically, whether it's interpersonally, it's all about the idea of what you understand and the perspective you're coming from. So when you can write a book like something like this and show that, you know, it's deeper than just face value or you can also highlight the science behind it. So, you know, I'm a philosopher, but I like to find science because everybody can understand, well, you know, for the most part, everybody can understand and believe science. And that gives good context because science is tangible. Joanne, what projects are you personally working on this year um, regarding your field of study? So this year I'm doing a couple of different things. One is working on finishing up an audio book. Uh, it's a pretty, pretty interesting audio book. You may have heard of it. It's called Country Boy, City Boy, um, a journey that ain't over yet. I'm working on that, trying to wrap that up. That's going to be a great project to, to finish. I'm also working on building up my practice, which is the A-Team Professionals, where I will do, you know, I do assistive technology assessments. So doing projects around just helping people get that technology into their hands and knowing what their needs are. So those are just some of the projects that I'm working on this year. I've got a lot of other ones that are cooking up. I'm just trying to figure out the best way to, to put them in plan or in motion. Hey, Jordan, um, for our listening audience, what is one takeaway that you want them to get out of this conversation today? One thing that you want them to think about? That is phenomenal. So 
the one thing that I want people to take away from this is that just because the word equality is slapped across the board, that does not mean that everybody has the same ability and access to succeed. So when you're thinking about the way somebody may be acting or the negative aspects of something that is happening because they're in certain certain circumstances, there is reasons why equality does not apply and we need to look at equity. Now, Joe, and how can uh, our listening audience, if someone wanted to get in t- touch with you, talk to you or ask for your services, how can they uh, reach out to you? Yeah, so you can contact me the best way it goes directly to my phone and I'll see it pretty quickly is you can find me on Twitter. So my handle is at Joe Co. So J O C O A T P. And you can tweet at me there, but you can also send me an email, but the email is a little long, but it's my first, the first letter of my name. So J T and then my last name, Colbert at Opticity XP, so O P I S I T Y X P dot com. We'll make sure that we put all of that, uh, you know, on on all my social media platforms so that they can get in touch with you. But uh, awesome. it's, it's been an absolute pleasure. Uh, I think we need to do part four. I mean, I, I, what what you think, Noah? I mean, I've only heard part three, but I have to tell you, there is so much information out there. And I was complimenting him as during one of the breaks. He, he lays it down so simply for everybody to understand. And I really think we've just scratched the surface. Yeah. So, hey, you're welcome back to do part four. You know that, my friend. You know that. <laughs> oh, I would love to. You just tell me when and I'll be here. Hey, you know, so thank you. Thank you so much for taking time to come on the show today. I'd like to thank uh my co-host, Michelle Cooley, for always being here. I'd like to thank my great, great producer, Noah. But most importantly, I'd like to thank our listening audience for taking time, Monday through Friday, to listen to the James Cooley Show, It's Your Life. Tomorrow, we got hot topics. <laughs> it's going gonna, it's gonna to be a rough one tomorrow. Hot topics. We're going to be talking about a lot of things that... Uh, uh, that most people don't want to hear about, but we have to talk about them. So tomorrow, hot topics Thursday. You can call in, and it's all opinionated. No one has the right answer, so we don't want to start no argument. So uh, thank you so much. But we always looking for sponsors so we can continue to bring this great message to you. We'll be back tomorrow, same time, same place. It's your life. I'm James Coley. Thanks for joining us for It's Your Life with James Cooley. To learn more about James, how you can support the show, or become a guest, visit CooleyFoundation.org. Join James weekdays at this same time for more motivation and inspiration to help you become equipped today for the challenges of tomorrow. This has been the James Cooley Show. It's your life, where you learn how to dream big, think big, and be big at everything that you do. It's Your Life is sponsored by James J.C. Cooley.